Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yes. Raymond Felton right back. Seconds. Felton for three. What's up and welcome to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by Bet Online. My name is Sam Dracula. With me is Raymond Felton. Raymond, how are you? Good. How you doing? Hey, not bad. Not bad. It's uh, it's weird. There's no bas- There's no Hornets basketball to talk about anymore. Uh, we've got the play-in, which we'll talk about in this episode, uh, the off-season plans for this franchise, as well as well as the playoffs in general. But man, it, it happened again. Another another tough. <laughs> Another tough playing game for the Charlotte Hornets. So, we're, we're gonna, man, man. It, so we're going to talk about that, the season as a whole, and kind of the idea of, of whether or not one game should define an entire season. Because um, that, that's something that I think a lot of fans are kind of struggling with at the moment. Because on one hand, a lot of positivity, 10, um, 10 game, sorry, 10 win improvement over last year, 20 win improvement over two years ago. You see the incremental growth, but, oh, man. Rough uh, playing losses. That, yeah. that kind of stings. Stings a little bit. Yeah, it does. But we'll get into all that in one second after this quick break. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's features. And don't forget that MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is a continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Raymond, so. It's a, it's it happened again. Um, last year, last season, Hornets got you know respectfully blown out by the Pacers, and it happened again against Atlanta. Another ten nine seed um, meeting. That game was tough. It was really tough. It was an eight point game at halftime, and the Hawks went nuts in the third quarter. And there's just nothing the Hornets could do about it. Defense was an issue all game. They still kind of fought, somehow maintained the game. Um, but, man, Atlanta took it up a notch, and the Hornets were left hopeless. And, well, all credits, like, Atlanta got into the playoffs, so it worked out in the end for them. They played a, went on a win of, against a very tough uh, Cleveland team uh, to turn that eight seed. But what do, you, what do you think about the playing now that we have a few days uh, behind us with, um, with how the Hornets fared? In that game like against it. Atlanta. I like it, man. I like the competitiveness of it. And I like the fact that teams who was uh, basically kind of considered out of it had a chance to come back in and fight their way back in. You know, I know some teams that's in that eighth spot, you know, that seventh spot, probably <laughs> they probably don't like it as yeah. much, you know, because they feel like, you know, listen, you know, we, you know, we survived to the seven, eight spot. We deserve to be in the um, playoffs. We shouldn't have to worry about a play-in game, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's the rules. You know what it is before you start the season, so you got to prepare yourself for it. But um, one thing I said about Charlotte, man, which I said from the beginning when we started, you know, you know, doing this podcast, that they missing veterans, man. 
they missing vets. You know, Atlanta is battle tested. Atlanta was there. They 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 took they made a big run last year. You know, they got some veterans on that team that's been in some big games. Um, the young guys has been in big games just just because of you know what they did last year. So they understand what it takes, what they have to do, the mindset, you know, the the mental part of it, preparing themselves to get ready for a game. Rather if it's one game, two games, whatever it is, you could just see the difference of focus and just how they was playing. To me, Charlotte, you know, just young and loose, you know. They just, you know, some ways you play in the regular season with the the flashiness and the, you know, taking, you know, deep shots from the three, taking a lot of threes at that. Um, just, just some of the things that you really got to clean up and just play basic basketball and really lock in every possession. You know, it's those things that you learn from that. And I think, you know, hopefully after these two years of losing, you know, they understand that next year because they definitely got the team that's going to have an opportunity to be in the playoff hunt every year. But do y'all understand that when you get into this point, playoff basketball is a whole lot different than regular season. And I think that's the hump that this Charlotte team has to has to get over, that playoff basketball is way different than regular season basketball. And I think once they grasp that part of it, those young guys and uh, the future is bright. By all means – just because they lost these last two years doesn't mean anything. Like you said before, they're getting better. They're getting better every year. And it's all about – this is all growing pains to get to a bigger picture. And I just hope they understand that. And I hope the front office understands that, you know, kind of keep these guys together and just wait to see what, what can happen over the next two years. It's such a weird one because you know, in the record books, the game didn't happen. Like the playing games don't count for anything. Mm-hmm. And – for the fan base and for the players, like it definitely, it's a, it, we witnessed it. It happened, mm-hmm. but when you when you like look at the totality of the year, um, the progression year over year, it, you can't you can't throw that out. Like right. as as so Hornets fans, as tough as that was, mm-hmm. I promise you, it could be way worse. You know this this team, this team can go. This team is not stagnant, even though they're ten seed, playing exit like they were before. But this team, compared to last year, is way better mm-hmm. individually and collectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it wasn't like if it wasn't for how like deep the East was, it would have been a six seed or something like that. You know, forty three wins in the Eastern Conference. Um, Hornets is unfortunate in that sense of that the East is so stacked all like this season that that record's not good enough to be better than a ten seed. So there is, there are, there are plenty of silver linings, but I totally, listen, I, I went through it. I was, I was live streaming that during the whole thing. I was, it was a bummer. Uh, recorded a video after it. had like a bunch of people in my live chat talking about it. Um, but with some time, it, the, the frustration stuff that mm-hmm. fall, that fades away and you kind of look forward to the, the next, the next one, right? The next year. No because um, you know, the Hornets, because of the Pelicans getting into the playoffs, shout out to the playing game, you know, uh, Hornets get their first round draft pick. And so at this stage, the, this team is franchising be armed with most likely the 13th pick. Uh, they're in the lottery. They keep their pick. Um, it was a pick they traded for basically. So last in the uh, last past draft, Hornets traded back into the first round to select Kai Jones. Um, it was a heavily protected pick uh, to New York and New York, actually trade that pick to Atlanta, ironically, 
of all teams. So Atlanta has our first round pick the next few years, depending on the protections. But because of where the Hornets finished, um, within I think it's top 18 protected. I think it's like top 15 protected next year, something like that. Then it becomes lottery protected the next two years. So a lot of heavy protections on it. But the pick remains in Charlotte. And then the Pelicans pick uh, they got for the Devontae Graham sign and trade. That's going to be the 15th pick in the, in the in this year's draft. So um, unless a, the Hornets have a 1% chance at winning the lottery. So like, let's, it's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> I think a 5% chance of being in the top four or something like that. So that's not going to happen. Most likely, very likely they pick 13th in this upcoming draft and they have, they're locked into the 15th pick. So two, maybe two rookies, if they want to package those uh, picks for something else, uh, they can do that. They do have tradable contracts if they want to go down that route. If not, they can just like uh, reju- rejuvenate this team with younger guys. In the summer, they have some big decisions with Miles Bridges uh, coming up. Like a very big decision. Um, sign that man, please, please, him. please sign him, <laughs> please sign him. Whatever, like uh, I think he's a, he's a, like he's a, like gonna be a top five free agent. I think this 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 off season. Sign that um, man. He will not last long. Sign yeah. that man. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, they, I, if it had it my way, they they get the deal done before he enters restricted free agency. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do like the weird matching game offer sheet game but they do have the, the advantage in that respect so I, I really doubt he leaves unless this is some like unexpected sign-in trade um i i don't know i don't like it's i i've i've a very I've, i sincerely doubt he leaves charlotte um this year but he's uh he's a dude who talked about um so you know the hornets the hornet season ends and they do the exit interviews right mm-hmm. last year he um he sees basically said what you said about needing more veterans on the team, more experience yeah. on the team. Uh, this year, you talked about, um, you can't really talk about free agency, but you talked about what he wanted to work on personally uh, to come back as a better player. Um, just really, really positive things from him. Um, and you can kind of, he, he here, he talks about, he was on Draymond's podcast, talked about how he wants to be the leader of the team, how he feel like he is the leader of the team. And he had that kind of vibe about him with the post, um, with the exit interview. So, Losing him, I think, would be a real, a real issue from on the court and in the Can't locker room. Can't lose that man. Got to keep him. Yeah, uh, yeah, same. Like whatever it takes, because it, it sends <laughs> it'll send a complete wrong message to the fan base if he leaves. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, uh, anyway, I don't want. I don't want to think about it. Uh, they got Harold, got Isaiah Thomas, unrestricted free agents. Each of them, um, Isaiah Thomas blatantly said, "Yeah, I want to come back." Harold was like, "We'll see." He wants to come back, but. You know, he has, his agency will handle that. So we'll see what happens with him. Uh, what do you think of those guys uh, potentially running it back with, with Harold and uh, Isaiah Thomas? I like that idea. I like that idea. I haven't heard some things floating around. I could be wrong that maybe Kimball might be trying to come back Oof, as a, a backup. That'd be something special. He's willing, he's willing to do that, you know what I'm saying? Because he loves Charlotte, you know. Kimball loves it here. I think his family lives here. So, mm-hmm. you know, listen. There's nothing wrong with having multiple guards because we all know injuries happen. We all know, you know, um, you know, things happen throughout the season. Guys are just not healthy all year. Things things can happen as far as free accidents. So it's always good to have people in place for those reasons. So I like to see both of them come in. I like Isaiah, what he brings off the bench and then you know of course Kimba you know having Kimba back that's that's that type of veteran that you need who's proven 
in that city, in that franchise, has a lot of records in that franchise that I think he really could be good for LaMelo and he could be good for those young guys because he's a guy that's battle-tested. He's a guy that, you know, they will respect because he's an all-star. You know, he's he's a guy that's put in that work in the league. So, you know, I think that he would be a good veteran to have to actually go for, you know, in the free agency. You know, whatever or whatever his contract situation is, I don't know. Yeah, I think he has works. one more deal or one more year left um, on his current deal. Okay, but then I mean, we've seen guys like that get bought out, veterans get bought out. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's the case, you know, I don't know. If, I, I, have, I don't know if the heart because I have a hard time thinking the Hearts would trade for him. But he has nine mil on his contract this upcoming season, and then twenty twenty three, he'll be a unrestricted free agent. Um, which you know, I. That'd be one of the best stories in, in the league. If Kemba came back to Charlotte as a, as that as that veteran role, right? Like that'd be that'd be huge. That'd be huge. I'm telling you, he's a veteran that can still play. You know, I don't yep. know, you know, Kemba hasn't been healthy, man, for the last like two years, maybe three. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been healthy since he left really Charlotte for real. You know, and I just want to see him get back out there because I don't like some of the things. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that he's a guy that's a warrior. So he's trying to play through all this stuff and he's not himself, but he still loves the game that much. See, that's what I love about guys like that. They don't care about what people say. They don't care about the backlash that they get from it because, you know, he can't play 100 percent, but he's going to go out there and give what he can because, you know, he's just a competitor. He loves to play. He loves the game. And like you, it's it's there's more guys like that that's missing in this league that, that we need, man. So, you know, shout out to him, man, for just fighting through injuries, fighting through different things that I know he's dealing with and he's still trying to be out there and just people want to look over it. You know, you have these negative people out here want to talk bad about him, but, you know, Kimball Kimball Walker is a bad boy. He's a bad boy on that court. So whatever, you know, if he gets healthy, that'll be a big plus for Charlotte next year. Big plus. Yeah, it'll be like an interesting kind of like – It'll be interesting for a lot, like a lot of like, uh, if, if he did come back, it'll be not, a lot of nice like subplots between, um, you know, the, working with LaMelo, even mm-hmm. with the UConn connection with Book Knight, mm-hmm. I think it would be beneficial for him as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, if we could manifest that, that'd be that'd really, really cool <laughs> to have him back in Charlotte. But um, it's going to be this. It's going to be a top. So if the Hornets want to do, I mean, you know, Mitch Kupchak, I'm sure had, has this handled already or mm-hmm. he has a plan, but. If you're curious, the Hornets won't won't have much of any cap space this summer uh, between paying Miles, uh, having two rookies come in, uh, Cody Martin, new contract. Like they're going to be at the cap basically. Um, if they if they declined everything, like if they deferred everything, uh, any options, like any of that stuff, they can get to 23 million this summer. But then you have to. Re- then you have you don't have a roster anymore, <laughs> so like they're really locked in to how things are set. So I think if um I think Cup Trade's gonna have to get real creative uh this summer. I've I've a hard time thinking they they take two more rookies this year after taking two last year, because of what you just mentioned and what we've seen over the course is the inconsistency issues. Like I think defense has to be a top priority uh for anybody that comes in, um whether it's interior defense, defense, perimeter defense, because that. That was like the, the biggest downfall of this team this year um, and led to the inconsistency issues um, mm-hmm. from like quarter to quarter and then from game to game, right? They're winless in overtime. You know, the decision-making has been an issue all, over the year. I think veteran presence will help with that. Even just the younger guys going through these tough experience 
that will fix itself just from internal growth. That's something that James Borrego talked a ton about mm-hmm. in the exit interviews, like looking within um, to improve, right? To improve from the mistakes you're making and make sure they don't happen again. But yeah, yeah. check his, he's going to have to get creative with some, some deals. I don't know who goes on who stays, but um, what do you, what do you think of the idea of, you know, using those two lottery picks, not excuse me, one lottery pick, two first round draft picks, and maybe pulling the trigger on something to bring another piece in. I don't think you really need those picks. You know, I don't really, I don't, I don't think you need it. So with that being said, you know, just try to use that to get a, get a trade with a veteran that's going to come in and actually help. Now what position you need is, is the story. You know, yeah. it depends on what you do with your backup point guards. You know, that's, that's, that's a slot that you need. And then that center spot as well so those two places right there you know you 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 want more depth in that in that spot so what do you do with that who who are you able to get you know who's these players that's in you know the free agency that also means a lot too who's available you know who's going to be out there so um i don't know like you said miss Cupcheck got a got a lot of got a lot, a lot of work ahead of him but you know like i like i already know that the basketball mind that he is He's already ahead of, ahead of it and, and already ready. He got his thoughts together. What what he his plan, what he wants to do. Hopefully, it works. It works out. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I just want to mention something else about the exit interviews from uh, Kai Jones and James Booknight and JT Thor, because uh, those guys spent a lot of time in Greensboro. Um, the, the the first round picks, Booknight and Kai Jones, spoke about like that wasn't. In their, like they didn't think that was a possibility when they were drafted. And then, you know, they were sent there and they talked with guys like Cody Martin and Jalen McDaniels about their experiences um, in Greensboro and how beneficial it was for them. Because, like, listen, Jalen was like, oh, I forget which one said it actually. Uh, he talked about a conversation, I think it was Kai Jones, maybe. Uh, I think Kai had a conversation with Mitch. And Mitch was like, listen, if you go, you send you to Greensboro, you play. You can play 35 minutes a night, 40 minutes a night, and you'll get better there. You have an opportunity to play regularly there, and you can take those skills here. And he talked about – Kai talked about how, how grateful he was for that experience. Book Knight mm-hmm. similarly. Um, JT Thor similarly. Um, Jalen retrospectively, because he had a nice year. He had some issues with injuries mm-hmm. and some inconsistency after he got hurt. But towards the back, like, final stretch of the season, Jalen McDaniels was a knockdown shooter and a really key piece of the puzzle him and Cody Martin are kind of the poster children for this developmental system. So, because going back to that, in, that internal growth thing, like aspect of things, because Book Knight and Kai Jones and JT Thor could be massive pieces for this franchise next summer, depending on what they, how, how they spend their summer, the, what they choose to work on, and how involved they want to be. Um, so my question for you, Raymond, is like, if, if you're a player at that stage of his career trying to, like, find a place for yourself in the league. What do you do in the summer? Um, you know, these guys talked about wanting to stick with their coaches here in Charlotte, maybe take some time off initially and then spend the rest of the summer working out with coaches and watching the film. Like, how do you, how do you strike that balance uh, between seasons when you're trying to make a statement for yourself in the rotation? I think doing both. I think when you're trying to make a statement, you want to come in as much as possible so they can see you, so they can see your progression. But I think you need to take that time away to go work so then when they do see you, they saw they see the the progression you've made. They see the work that you've been putting in. So, you know, you don't really want to spend that much time around them 
after being through a season with them, they can't see the work that you put in. So leave for a little bit. You know, leave for about a good month and go work. Go get it in hard. Go work. Go work. Put in that work. Then when you come back around, you know, that's going to show. So I think they should do that for sure. Give, give that time away. But at the same time, come spend that time with the coaches as well to let them know how serious you are. Let them know that you really – you know, serious about getting better. You're serious about this team. You're serious about trying to make a contribution, you know, within that next season. You know, what I, what is it I need to do? Watching film, looking at my mistakes, what I could have did better in this situation, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, I mean, all those things definitely is is key during the summer to those coaches for sure. Yeah, because uh, a name I left off that list was Nick Richards because, you know, he's a young center, um, the other seven-footer on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't get a lot of run this year. Some some spot starts, some some spot runs throughout the year. But he's on that fringe where you know if he does, if he because like I look at him as a guy who's going to come in and do the dirty work, like interior defense, rebounding, and dunking. Like if mm-hmm. he focuses on those three things, he can play in this league for like 10, 15 years. Like mm-hmm. just focus on those initial things and just like don't. And I think he has that mindset already. Uh, he knows like how he kind of fits in the in the set with the with the with the team, and yeah, so he's another one who I could think you know Hornets obviously need to address the center position. The answer could be right there with him. So um, that's another thing when like you, this is why we don't know why the GMs get paid the big bucks where they like all right well how do you how do you weigh that up right do you do you risk it with the kids or do you go out and get something that can help out immediately um, and like you know send pieces out of town you take that risk when that happens. Um, one other thing from last thing from the exit interviews, um, LaMelo said once again that he was going to he's going to switch his number from two to the his preferred number one. So if you're a Hornets fan, you're thinking about getting a LaMelo jersey. Wait. All right. Just wait it out unless you want like a collector's item, because I think it may be like cool and retro, I guess, <laughs> if you want one with the two on the back. But he's going to finally switch. You know, when he was drafted, Malik Monk was on the squad. He missed the deadline after Monk left for uh, the Lakers. So, you know, he's pretty adamant about being going back to his preferred number one. My, Raymond, I'm question, my question for you is, uh, is, is there any, like, why, well, you, wore two in, you wore two in college, you wore 20 mm-hmm. at the pros. Like, do you have any specific uh, reasons for your number choices throughout your career? And is there any, like, any significance to it? And then do you, do you play with anybody who's like, really adamant about having a specific number? Oh, yeah. I've been in situations where guys would pay a player to switch numbers, like give them money, give them $10,000, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'll give you 10000 <laughs> you let me get that number. Some guys are really serious about it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Eli... Eli, Eli, um, never Eli was uh, real adamant about number two. I wanted to get it as a rookie, and me as a rookie, he didn't want to give it up, you know, because that number was special to him too. So, him being the older guy, I had to, you know, I had to go with my secondary number, which was 20. 20 is what I wore in high school, you know what I'm saying? So, that was a, a special number to me, but two is my number. At, at all times, that's, that's my favorite number. I, I love that number. It's not really a significance to it. It was just a number that always stuck with me. It's a number that I always loved since I was a kid. So, um, I don't know. It was just one of those things where, you know, it was just an unfortunate situation. Then once Melvin left, I didn't care. I just kept 20 the whole time. I didn't even go back, you know. But once I went to um, to the Knicks after I left Charlotte, then I was able to go back to my number two. So, 
you know, things is things things works in, in different ways. I can get it, you know. He that's the number that he likes, that's the number that he wants to play in. So I respect it. Yeah, because like, you know, watching the Philly series, it's weird seeing Harden without the number 13. Mm-hmm. You know, for good reason. It's retired in Philadelphia. But like mm-hmm. it's still like all little, slightly jarring seeing him wearing the number one uh <laughs> uniform. So it it's uh it'll take some used to. And then I got Lamelo saying he he feels most comfortable wearing wearing it and it like it's available you know the hornets haven't retired it so unless they bring back malik monk or something like that i think he'll he'll have that jersey next year um when he when he suits up for charlotte once again but <laughs> i think let's uh take a quick break and then talk about the playoffs and then uh we'll be out of here i'll be right back after this quick word credit karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval. So you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free and will not affect your credit scores. And you could save money. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see your personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that's top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day and that's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash B-L-E-A-V. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. All right, so playoffs going down first weekend in the books. Um, Any quick, any like initial thoughts on the playoffs thus far? For me, like I was having a blast watching this over the weekend, specifically Minnesota, Memphis, that game was incredible to watch. There's so much, there's so much energy there. Um, not even on the court, just watching John Morant and uh, Carl Anthony Towns' dads like talk trash to each other throughout the game. <laughs> like it felt like a college game. Um, we have any in- initial thoughts now that the the playoffs are here um, and we have the, the first uh, set of games under our belt. The playoffs, you don't know who's going to win. You don't know what's going to happen any given night. That's the beauty of this year. I love it. It's so competitive. Um, Memphis is definitely going to bounce back. I still think Memphis is a better team, but um, you can't sleep on Minnesota, man. 
Mm-hmm. Anthony Anthony um, Anthony um, Edwards is is turning into a, a big time player, big time superstar that I knew that he can be, and he's showing it on the big stage. So this is going to be a good a good hard fought series that you know Memphis is going to have to play to win. Um, but overall, I think Memphis is a better team. But you know that team over there is is fired up. You know, by about a veteran over there, Patrick Beverly is just that guy that's like I said, it's all about that mindset. It's all about <laughs> that preparation. He's he mentally has those guys ready to play. He mentally has those guys, you know, believing that they can be anybody. So when you got very talented guys like they do over there, and he's you know giving them that extra boost of confidence that you know we can play with anybody. All we got to do is go out there and play our game and play together. And um, it's just a great thing to see, you know, to see a veteran contribute on the court and off the court to help his team, you know. And, um, you know, shout out to um, Pat Beverly for that, man. You know, he's really, you know, helped, you know, those young guys really gel and and get ready and, you know, win some big-time games. So this is going to be a hard-fought series. Memphis got to really bring it to win this thing. But I think they're capable. But they're going to have to bring it. It's not going to be easy. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm excited for that one. Unfortunately, the next game's on uh, NBA TV, which which is, I mean, I have it. It's just, you, I want more people to watch this team because I'm, right. I don't know how many national televised games Minnesota had over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. I, I doubt there was a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Edwards, his quote was, they've been burying me, basically. Uh, he's not, not, the way he speaks about his game is awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> If you're a Minnesota fan, you must be gassed. He's part of your team. The way he talks, uh, how he's like, I think he, I think he thinks he's the best player in the league, and for him to be like twenty or whatever he is, he is like yeah. he has that about him. <laughs> yeah, I like and, it. That was good, and you need that. You need that against uh, um, when you're going up a two seed against a two seed like this. I'm here for it. his first playoff game. He goes for thirty plus. Him, Jordan Poole, um, uh, Tyrese Maxey. Maxi, yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. these guys are showing off in um in in a in an era where we still have Golden State, you know, established team, set of superstars, um, Giannis on the other side, obviously Durant, um, even like, but to see like guys like Jason Tatum take a leap in this like playoff scenario, uh, the guys I just mentioned, younger players, um. You know, Scotty Barnes was on, I think, on the brink of something before he got hurt. That sucks. Like, I really, he was one of my favorite rookies this year. That's a bummer that he's not suiting up for, for Toronto. So, that, I think that that series went from being like really interesting and promising to be kind of kind of a bummer in that sense. Like, I don't think it's going to be that competitive without um, Toronto being as healthy as they could be. And, you know, and, you know, and Miami's kind of kind of Miami. They're going to handle their business, I think, against Atlanta pretty calmly but yeah the the league is in a fun fun place like these these young kids who don't know like don't know any better quote unquote are coming out and they're balling out and it's a it's a it's a fun thing to be a part of but uh, i'm i'm looking at there's there's also like this the the specter of zion williamson like will he, he's out here doing 360 dunks before games you know uh i don't think the pelicans are gonna be in the playoffs long enough for him to come back but he, he's playing five on five and if if I don't like stranger things have happened, if if Zion can somehow get it right for one of these games, um, I think they could take one from Phil, from Phoenix. But Phoenix is 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 next level good. The defensive performance they put on the Pelicans in that first game mm-hmm. is like is 
probably the best we've seen in the playoffs thus far, easily, thus far. And as much as, like, the story would be cool, like Zion coming back just out of nowhere, um, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think they have much of a chance um, <laughs> in that series against that stacked Phoenix squad. But I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. I still like Phoenix out the rest of the way, but, man, uh, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, uh, man, hopefully uh, these games can remain on TV. Like, it was a, it was a, it was, it was a good weekend, a good weekend of basketball. Um, Nets, nah, Celtics. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Nets, Celtics goes down to the game winner, Jason Tatum, with the game winner layup. Throughout that game, Celtics fans just killing And not, not even throughout the game. There's videos that came out before the game of fans talking trash to Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie went off. Uh, he had an incredible game um, back in Boston. You know, uh, wh- what are your thoughts on the Celtics fans' treatment of Kyrie Irving? I want to ask you that first. I mean, it's normal. You know, I got that treatment in Portland every time I played there when, once I left. So, you know, it's just – one of those things where you know that's what you're going into, you know that's what you're going to deal with. But like he said, after his interview, it gets to a point where, you know, it goes too far. You know, the booing and, you know, whatever, little chatter is cool. But when you get to being disrespectful, calling people out of their names, calling people a B, you know, you, you, you just you start saying too much stuff, you know, that's personal, then, you know, we're we're still human beings we're still men and it's like ain't but so much that you're gonna take you know and i think Kyrie handled it perfectly you know yeah he flicked the finger at him and whatever whatever but i mean look at some of the i was saying to him but as soon as we do something like that it's like oh my god it's bad you're not supposed to do that why not why am i not supposed to do it you did it so why can't i Mm -hmm. and i think it's bs that the league tries to find you know, players for flicking their fingers at fans when the fans can do what they want to do to us. And that shit is, is, is bad because I played with Russell Westbrook when we was in Utah. And, you know, I heard it. You know, I heard this 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 woman and this man say some racist words to us, like, in the stands. They kicked them out. They banned them, did all that. Mm-hmm. But it's like things like that can be said. But then when we retaliate, it's like we're not supposed to. And I think that's BS because – we are men at the end of the day. You know, we got kids at the house. Like, you know, we're raising our kids. We just, as we grown just like they're grown in these stands. So if they can pay their money to say what they want to us and we out here trying to perform, then we can say what we want to say back and there should be no repercussions. There shouldn't be nobody trying to call into the NBA saying, your player said this to me, your player flicked me off. And it's like, no, well, what did you say to our player? Mm-hmm. Like, if you tell our player, you know, you can go – kiss my my A, and if I tell you to kiss my A back, why am I getting fined? You know? Yeah. You know, so it's just one of those things where, like, if you can, if y'all can dish it out as fans, y'all should be able to take it back. Just because we are who we are, and because we, quote-unquote, get paid all this money, we not supposed to be humans and not talk back. That's bullshit. Like, no. We're we going to say what we want to say back to you. Y'all going to take it just like y'all expect us to take it, and, like, not say nothing. So I think Kyrie handled himself pretty well. He went out there and he killed. <laughs> yeah. So what y'all was saying to him didn't bother him. Y'all just motivated him. Yeah, kind of back. And then on top of that, you know what I'm saying? Like he got tired of y'all, like, you know, calling him out his name and saying what y'all want to say to him. So he flicked you off. So just take it and go with it. Like, and I don't think he should get fired for that. And if he does, that's BS. You know, that's some BS. You know, 
Um, I probably should have mentioned this in the, in the first half of the podcast because this reminded me. So Bridges gets ejected, right? Like he, mm-hmm. and he turns the ball over, runs down back on the other end, goal tends, argues with the ref, gets two texts, gets ejected. As he's leaving, some of the Atlanta fans are saying something to him. This is four quarters into the play-in. You know, the Hornets already had to walk to the arena because of the traffic issues. So you get, they're already on edge. Someone says something to him. He loses his cool, throws his mouthpiece into the stance, hits a girl. Outside. Uh, he's already been fined. Um, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes even after it happened. He already tweeted out, my behavior was unacceptable. I'll take full responsibility. Like he immediately, you know, and then in the exit yeah, interview. And he, he, said, and he looked at, he asked her, you know, can somebody find this girl for me? I want to apologize. Yep. You know, did it, handled it, handled it just right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, unfortunately, you know, we should get that heated to throw something in the stands because it could be unfortunate situations like that, you know, because that could have been a kid, you know, it was a young lady that he hit this time, you know, it's just, you know, but that's the thing though. We both know Miles Bridges is not, not a hothead. Yeah. So what did that fan say to him to make him throw his mouthpiece? Mm-hmm. You know, like y'all, they not asking that question, but what did he say to you? And I'm pretty sure he said something very disrespectful as this man is heated because he just got thrown out the game mm-hmm. and you about to lose the game. You know, your season is over with. So what did you say to him? And it's like, you know, they don't look at that. They just be want to find us so quick because we supposed to we supposed to be like some good boys. And it's like, no, man, we human. People can say what they want to say to us. What y'all going to do to them? Y'all finding us $25,000. But what, what happens to this fan that just disrespected me? Right. If you're going to protect them, protect us. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they come into play. They come in, they, they come to these games to watch them play. So protect mm-hmm. them too. I, they should be protected more than the fans, if you ask me. Because you ain't never seen nobody and just back in the day when Ron Artest and them did it, went in the stands and fighting people. You know what I'm saying? You haven't seen nothing like that since that. So ain't nobody doing that. That's not that's not happening on a regular on a regular basis. So y'all need to protect the players more, you know. Y'all, yeah, y'all got all this security and stuff, but you know, little has been happening recently. People shrieking on the court. That's don't happen like what two, like two times within the last two months. Mm-hmm. Like the other day, this girl chained herself. Like, how did she chain herself to the backboard? How long yeah. did that take? Yeah. Where was like where's the security and like like she chained herself to the backboard so she had to take her time to do this why was y'all not there when she was doing this yep. so it's stuff like that like you know like how much protection do they really have you know so it's like whatever man I ain't, like that's another conversation that can go a long a long time right now so I ain't even gonna get into all that my <laughs> okay. bad no, you're good you're good <laughs> um, so yeah that's the for bridges fifty k fine uh, for that. It's a, that's, a, that's a hit. Um, I don't care who you are. That's a lot of money. Exactly. Um, and, I mean, he was pretty remorseful even before the fine happened. I think he fully expected it. He said, he like, whatever comes my, my way, I deserve it, whatever. Like, I sh- if you didn't hit the girl, different story. But, like, it's, you know, she had nothing to do with it. And, right, right. But, yeah, so salute to him. I think he handled it pretty well, all things he considered. Did. He did. So, uh, as any... What's the, what's the craziest thing in a fan is that said to you, whether it's from college or oh man, it's, 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 it was bad for me. That's why, that's why the the hate in Portland is there, and it's not really hate on my end. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't hate, I don't hate nobody in Portland. Actually, really, 
I don't even hate the person that that did what he did to me. But um, like you know, but uh, for the fans in Portland, I don't hate them at all. At, not at all. They don't like me. They boo me every time I come there. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I, I, I was I was a little younger than what I am now, and um, you know, I I do got a little little hot head temper. You know. Might be a little short man syndrome because I was always short growing up. I was always a smaller kid before I hit a little growth spurt. But um, my mom was going through a tough situation in my life at that point, man. My mom was having open, open heart surgery. You know, it was a 60-40 chance of her living. You know what I'm saying? So I was dealing with some stuff real personal. And that's a, that's the stuff that I've been talking about that people don't understand that, you know, we 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 are human. We have real life issues in our life that y'all may not know about. So y'all coming out here, y'all saying the stuff that y'all say, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it was a season where it was up and down for us in Portland, and up and down for me. I came in off the, um, the lockout season that year and um, I was out of shape. You know, I had to work my way into shape through the season, you know what I'm saying? Because I was just really at the house chilling because I think we was going to be locked out. So, you know, I really wasn't really working as hard as I should have getting ready for the season. But uh, whatever, that's another conversation. Then, um, you know, just things happening, things happening. And, like, this fan, man, just, like, he just said the most disrespectful thing ever, man. He was just like, you know, because they kind of they kind of put it out there, like, while I was – while I had to leave, I had to leave. I had to miss, like, like almost six games. Like, cause I went home to go be by my mom's side, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, I want to go make sure she was okay. Make sure she had the right, the right doctors, the, the best doctors in that situation to, to get that surgery. So, you know, I was down handling that. And then the fan had a fan came out of his mouth and just said, you know, I wish your mama, I wish your mama would die. And bro, I lost it. Yeah, I lost it, bro. Wow. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, yeah. things like that being said, and then we're retaliate, then y'all want to find us all this money. And it's like, man, that's, that's my mama. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You only get more, you only get one mom. So it's my mom, man. She really was in a situation where she could have lost her life. And you blurred out to me, I wish your mama die. I lost it after the game. I lost it on him. I lost it after the game. Like, I just told him, I just went off on all the fans. Like, forget all y'all, F all y'all. Y'all can come see me. Here's my address. Pull up to my place. Like, I would fight anybody. Like, listen, bro, I lost it. And when I look back and think about it, me being who I am now, just older and more mature, I probably wouldn't handle it like that. I still would have been mad because he's still talking yeah. about my mama. Who I don't, you know, want anything to happen to, and you come out and blurt that out to me and say that to me, but I don't think I would have took it as far as I did. I really lost it, man. I did, so I get it how you can lose it in situations. And Kyrie just had a moment when he got fed up, you know what I'm saying? So I get it. So that was my moment, man. When that that fan did that to me in Portland, it was just a bad moment. And ever since that, they booed me off of that, not knowing what the story was, not knowing. Like what happened, why I responded the way I did. And I apologize about it. And I kind of, I don't know, I don't know if I ever really had an opportunity to explain it. And I really don't care about explaining it. You know, y'all can think what y'all want. My life is still going to go on. I'm going to be all right. You know, but that's what really happened. It was never no beef with none of the Portland fans or, or anybody. It was just that guy made that statement and I just, I kind of went off. I lost, I lost my head for a second. Yeah. I mean, people need to realize what. <laughs> NBA players are people too. Like we have, yeah, they, they have like okay. stuff going on in the world, you know. Yeah. And it's not fair because you guys are public figures. Yeah, this random person knows he can Google you, right? Yeah, you yeah. can't Google him. 
Like he, mm-hmm. he, he can, he has a window into your world because of your profession. It doesn't mm-hmm. work both ways. So he, it's not, there's not level footing. Kyrie can't turn to somebody behind him, booing him and be like this, this, and this about you. He doesn't even know who you are. Like mm-hmm. these, these fans who go over the line like this, even on, even from like a social media point of view, because you came into the league before social media was a thing, mm-hmm. you know, and you saw that like, as you played, right. From, mm-hmm. from Oh five, until 2019, right? Like mm-hmm. you saw um, the birth of like Facebook wasn't even like a thing really. No, until like, of it. <laughs> so like um, by the time like Twitter started popping off like 2010, 2011, like you're well into your career, um, and so you know fan gave that's probably even worse now, honestly. But like <laughs> fans just get get like uh, can amplify their voice, um, and like they live in this echo chamber of negativity, mm-hmm. and so if you. You know, if you do something wrong, your replies are just filled with hate mm-hmm. or toxicity. Uh, mm-hmm. Twitter and these other, it's like now it becomes a thing where like social media platforms have to figure out a way to sift that stuff out where you can like do quality filters and things like that. But that it was just, always the case, it, man. It, it, it gets bad, man. You yeah. know, you just sit back and think sometimes like, 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 like what, what's so wrong in your life? Why are you so miserable that you want to sit here and just talk bad about a person? Mm-hmm. Like... I, I don't hate nobody in this world that much or hate anybody, period, to, like, just go on social media and just, like, write about them, <laughs> like, just talk crazy about them. I just, I don't, I don't have that, that, that type of hate, you know, and God, and God bless the people who do, man. Hopefully you will find God at some point in your life, you know, and figure it out, you know, how to be happy, because obviously you're not. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> Go touch grass, like go on a hike or something. Like do it's something, okay. man. It's I don't okay. know what you know. Do something for real. Oh man, yeah. So like, I had no idea about the Portland. Uh, what happened yeah. in Portland? Like, yeah, I like I googled it and I, I just googled Raymond Felton Portland, and the article comes up: the most disliked players in Trailblazers history. And I see your face right there. Mm-hmm. My bad. I just unplug my mic, my headphones. Sorry. Uh, but that's wild. That's from 2017. That's wild. Yeah. Um, yep. So, you know, that's just, that's, that's how I be, man. You know, I go there, I get booed just off that and they don't even know the back, the background to it, you know, and it don't matter. Yeah. I didn't really care about telling the story or explaining myself. You know, if y'all don't, if y'all don't like me, then whatever, that ain't going to change my life or anything. Y'all ain't paying my bills. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. you know, that don't, that don't mean nothing to me, but, um, you know, that's, that's really what happened. So, you know, you Portland fans, ain't no hate over here to me. You know, ain't no hate over here for y'all over here. You know, that was just an unfortunate situation. Me being a younger guy than I am now, somebody said something very disrespectful and very hurtful in that moment. You know, I responded. So, you know, that's that's what that situation was. All right. Well, uh, thanks. Th- well, thank you for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's. Fans relax. It's a game. Like it's okay. You don't have to attack these people personally. It's okay. It'll be fine. Uh, just go to the game, enjoy it. You know, don't throw anything. Stay in yeah. your seat. Scream, yell all you want. Listen, scream, like, yell, even talk a little junk. That's yeah. okay. Like that's a part of basketball. We talk junk to each other on the court. Uh-huh. So talking junk don't bother us. It kind of fuels us. It, it makes the game fun. It makes it interesting. That's the stuff that we are used to. It's when you go personal. It's when you start doing the most and start, you know, 
knowing that, you know, because now everybody can know your life. Yeah. They can know your, who your kids are, who you're with, who your family are, like, because everything, like you said, is so public now. Social media makes all that stuff being known. So people now know more, know a little bit more personal stuff than they should. And sometimes they blurt things out that you really don't know what's going on in, in that person's life at that time. That person could be sick. That person could have just died. You don't even know it. Anything could have happened and you sit here blurting something out. And then they, when they were they attack you the way they do, it's like, oh my goodness, why did he do that? Oh my God, he he shouldn't have did that. And it's like, no, you don't know the whole story to it. So you you can't you can't say that because he's never done this before. So why did he do it this time? You know, people don't think to ask that. You know, so yeah. It is what it is, man. It is I love is. the fans. Fans has been nothing but great for me throughout my whole career, man. And so all the love to all the fans out there. You know, we the game wouldn't be what it is without you. You know, I, I will say that, you know, just sometimes just, you know, the junk talking is cool. We love it. You know, bring it to us. But just lay off, just lay, lay off being personal. You know, that's it. You know, that's and that's and, it, and it, everything will be smooth. All the junk talking, we love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's fun. You know, that yeah. that's part of the game. We understand that. You know, we get that. Just leave the personal stuff out of it. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, that's well said. So uh, real quick, wanna, before we get out of here, congratulations to Marcus Smart, Defensive Player mm-hmm. of the Year, announced yep. uh, tonight as recording this. It's um, Monday evening. Mm-hmm. First guard since 1996, and Gary Payton won it. That is wild. You're right. Like, actually insane. Uh I don't know if I like. I can't. I, can't. I, I don't know if I, if you asked me that. I think it would take me ten guesses to think it was that long ago. Uh, <laughs> what do you What do you think about Marcus Smart winning the award? I think it's well deserved, man. He's 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 been a guy that's. I think has gotten his respect as a defender. Now it's good to see that he has the trophy to prove it. You know, to to add to his collection of things that he's done in his career. So um, well deserved. You know, he's definitely one of the best defenders, you know, at that position in the league, period, hands down. So, um, well-deserved, man. Shout out to Marcus Smart, man. Congratulations, fam. You know, you you definitely deserve it. Almost definitely. And that, uh, he's a big piece to what's going on in Boston right now. And that that, that series is going to be a lot of fun. I think that goes seven. And I'm really <laughs> excited to see that one play out. But I appreciate everyone coming through and checking out the podcast. Uh, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, basically everywhere podcasts are found. So if you made it this far, just go a little further, leave us a rating, make sure to subscribe, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Raymond, I appreciate you as always. Until next time, you've been listening to the Bleeding Hornets Podcast on the Bleed Podcast Network, presented by Fat Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.